0: What's up, everybody? This is episode sixteen of Gray's World. I'm Gray, your host. Man, what if what's been going on in my week this past week? I thought nothing, but then when I really thought about it, it was kind of a lot. Um, I fell down earlier in the week. I didn't post about that on Instagram because I just feel weird about like, why do I need to post that I fell down? Um, but if you know me, I think that you know that. As many fainting stories as I have, I probably have more falling down stories. I fall down a lot. And last June I was on a run and I fell at Browns Island and fucked up my ankle royally. I'm talking from every angle. Like I don't think I just sprained it. I think I did more than sprain it, but of course I never went to the doctor because I wasn't trying to faint with a broken ankle. Took a really long time to heal. Yes, it still hurts. And it was almost a year ago, but I've been trying to like stretch it and then go back on runs because I miss running so bad and the weather is so nice and I'm just dying to go on runs again. So I've been like slowly getting back into it. I didn't want to like fuck up my ankle while it was maybe still healing. And it was a really nice day. Let's say it was like, I don't know, end of last week. It was probably like Thursday or Wednesday. I go on a run. I'm having like a really good day. I have a great playlist. The weather's perfect. And all of a sudden, here I am. Next thing I know, I'm falling on the ground. My, my knee is fucking bleeding everywhere. Um, I fall on my – I catch myself with my shoulder, and it literally it literally felt like I'd gotten like four vaccine shots. I was like, why is my arm hurt so bad? My headphones flew off of my head and like landed in the bushes. Yes, someone did see this whole thing. There was a man on a bike, also exercising. Uh, he drove right past me, did not stop and just said, are you okay? And I was like, oh, just don't touch me. Just leave. I don't care. I don't need your help. I was going to walk home after that. And then I was like, fuck it. I'm going to continue this run. And I don't know if that was a good idea because now I feel like my knee kind of hurts more. <laughs> guys, I don't know. I, I don't know. I- it was the opposite leg that hurt. You know, I fell on my left knee. My right ankle was the one fucked up. Just feel like I need to update you guys that I do fall down. I didn't hit my head. That was good. If you want to hear about more of my falls, maybe let me know because I could definitely do a segment on my falls, my classic falls. Um, Something else that was kind of like a fun little thing for us since the weather was nice, me and Josh did make a couple different new summery cocktails. And I not new. Some of them are new. Some of them are not. Now, one of my favorite cocktails ever is the Negroni. It's classic. I love a Negroni, which is gin, Campari, and vermouth, sweet vermouth equal parts. Now, something I love doing recently are little plays on a Negroni. If you use um, a brown like a whiskey instead of gin, it's considered a boulevardier. Here's, Here's my little cocktail talk for you today. And me and Josh have been making boulevardiers, but we add in apricot tea, like a black tea. We go to Rostov's and we get like loose leaf tea for like mixing with cocktails. And lately the apricot has just been mm, something about like the subtleness. It's like a subtle fruitiness with no sweetness. So it's like this perfect backdrop for um, any cocktail really, but for something about the Boulevardier with the tea in there is so good. But we'll do a little rye. I like rye whiskey. That's probably my fave of the browns. We'll do some rye We'll do some Campari, but I love Capaletti too. And I know that's not the traditional ingredient in a a Negroni, but Capaletti fucking rules. Capaletti spritz. Mm. And then we'll do some um, red vermouth, little tea. Now I am that person who like loves putting bitters in like all of their drinks. And Josh makes fun of me because I always put peach bitters in every one of my drinks. I'm just like, it just sets it off. It just gives it this little mm at the end. But this weekend we bought in the white part of town. We bought some plum bitters, and we literally forgot to make any cocktails with them. But that's coming up. I'm gonna I'm gonna come up with a cocktail that is using the plum bitters for sure. Plum bitters, I cannot wait. Um, but the other drink, the other play on the Negroni, so we love doing the Boulevardier, and I hate myself, but in my head I do call it a Boulevardier because we are using tea. <laughs> Also, any tea would be good. We just use the black apricot tea. I think any white Negroni is, totally try it because I think it's something that um, is such a great summer drink that I feel like it is um overlooked. Um, My last recommendation for you for like summery drinks that I've been into. So like we've got the Boulevard TA. We've got the white Negroni. I also just love sherry. Get into sherry oh my god that is my that is my suggestion to you back when pre-covid pre-covid times i would take these like monthly classes called women in wine my friend megan runs it and it's actually coming back so if you're in richmond um, i'm pretty sure they have an instagram called women in wine rva my friend megan runs it she is a sweet angel baby i love her she's basically my wine like knowledge source. I learned everything from Megan. But back in the day, pre-COVID, we were doing, and every class is themed, which is so cool. So like you can learn about different aspects of wine or wine making or you just different topics. And one of my favorite ever classes was when we did, we learned about sherry. I am going to butcher the pronunciation of all of them. So I don't really want to, but there are three types. There are three types of sherry. I don't want to say them. I'm sorry, but I don't. I just I know that no one, no one listening to this will judge me. I literally just don't know how to say them. It's like Amontillado and Fino and Manzanilla. That's that's those are the three. What I learned in the women in wine class is that you can treat the three of these sherries like like liquors, if you will. And each of them has kind of a liquor twin which is, I loved that anal- analogy. So the amant, <laughs> I don't know how to say this, Amante I I don't know. That is like the rye of sherry. So you can like replace a drink that uses rye whiskey with that type of sherry. And it gives this like different profile to the drink that is so good. Sherry is everything to me. And of course, all three are very different the Fino is the most delicate of the three, and it's the lightest and like the freshest. And then I'm pretty sure that the Manzanilla is a aged Fino sherry. I could be so wrong, and I'm just like telling you this like it's real. Please research this on yourself. But just give sherry a try. If you're like out somewhere and you're like wanting to try something fresh, new, sherry is so good because it's not as heavy as a liquor. So I really feel like it does such a good job if you want to put it in like a a spritz or just like, there's this classic drink called a cobbler that uses sherry. That's like, it's just like a light, refreshing, good for summer addition to cocktails. Like pick up a bottle of sherry, like literally just like go for it we went out as i said to the white part of town and it you have to kind of ask if you're in a wine shop be like hey where's your sherry at because they don't usually have a lot i hate that the sherry sections in like liquor stores and wine shops it's actually more in wine shops than liquor stores of course it's it's not that impressive i want people to get more into sherry so that the the sherry sections in my stores will grow <laughs> Wow, who knew I was so obsessed with Sherry? Honestly, there's a local restaurant called Alewife. Um, and pre-pandemic, me and Josh would go all the time, especially sit at the bar because we loved the bartender Katie. And she single-handedly got me into Sherry because of her drinks. She was like, wait, you don't, you don't know about Sherry? And I'm like, tell me all about it. She was everything. She doesn't work there anymore, but I owe everything to Katie at Ail Life for learning about Sherry, Katie and Megan, honestly. But anyway, going to definitely try out some plum bitters, going to maybe think of some new cocktails, summer cocktails that I can use Sherry in. We picked up a bottle this weekend. Oh, you know what I need to talk about? Are these fucking fajitas that we made yesterday. These fajitas were so good that I lit I think when Josh was eating it he like paused midway and was like I think I'm going to we're going to do a fajita day at work because these are so good and I was like I'm on board. We picked up some flank steak while we were out on Saturday cuz you we were like I just want fajitas and we went classic. Something about a classic fajita also. Fajita is like a white American Mexican food, right? Like I really don't think that it exists anywhere other than like in American Mexican restaurants, something about the classic, just like tortilla, peppers and onions, meat of your choice or not. I I love a vegetarian fajita. I do cheese, salsa, sour cream. Like I go straight American Mexican on this, but we did um, flank steak. We did peppers and onions, cherry tomatoes, which are so good when you like do like burst cherry tomatoes in a hot cast iron pan. Mm, mm, mm. So good. I made guac. We used Josh's salsa. I don't know, sometimes the most simple little meal is like so flavorful that you like don't understand. And me and Josh were like, wait, why the fuck is this so good? It's just fajitas, like literally fajitas are, I love peppers and onions. Oh my God. And then I was making little like vegetarian wraps with the leftovers that were just the peppers and onions in our fresh tortillas. Wow. And Josh made stewed zucchini with like his homemade broth and like ramps and like onion and just like stewed it down. Oh my God. And like super garlicky. Why is stewed squash basically the only preparation of squash that I like? something about it being all broken down. It's basically a soup. Oh my God. That was amazing. So we just had like, oh, also we like totally made, we had the plans to make it for dinner, totally ate it at like two in the afternoon. (laughs) They were amazing. I guess the last thing before we get into my segments today, the last thing that's like been going on this week, I've been having a big TikTok week. I've been having a big TikTok week. One girl that I'm obsessed with is this young, like British, she looks like a teen to me. That's why I'm saying young, but like, who isn't a teen on TikTok? Honestly, she is British. I'm not sure exactly where she lives, but she's British, and she's obsessed with trying American snacks, American food, and American ways of preparing things. It's the best. Now, on one hand, I love seeing her try the snacks, like the packaged snacks, but sometimes I'm like, I don't really care about someone else's opinion on a packaged snack. What I really love that she started doing is like she started doing the American preparation of things, meaning like a grilled cheese made in a pan with butter on both sides. She had never had that before. And she records herself eating it and she's like literally done. She's like, oh my God, y'all, how have I never tried this before? That was a really bad British accent. I think that was more Australian. Um, but And then it's like layers to it. She'll like make the girl cheese and she'll be like, oh my God, American girl cheese. How have I never had this? And then the people in the comments will be like, dip that bitch in tomato soup. And she's like, oh my God, why have I never thought of this? And then she'll do it and she'll be like, my life has changed. And then she loves dipping everything in ranch. I kind of, and she goes based off of like comments, you know, like she's like, okay, in the comments, you guys told me to try this. Um, I kind of want to tell her some of my high snacks, Um, be like, hey, just microwave a tortilla with cheese and dip it in ranch. Because she likes dipping everything in ranch. So she's one of my main people on TikTok this week. Um, Another person I'm obsessed with on TikTok is this guy who makes cocktails Um, I'm sure there are literally so many TikToks of people making cocktails, but I don't know. I like this guy's vibe. He's not pretentious. He's kind of weird, but like he knows it and he's not trying to be pretentious about making these cocktails and he has fun with it. Like he's not serious about it, but, but he is very skilled and knowledgeable and it's very apparent that he was obviously a good bartender pre COVID somewhere. His home bar is so impressive and it's really cute and really cool. Um, I want to know more about that. But I do need to just explore some of more of his older videos. Um, He cuts his own ice, which I know that I just said that he's not pretentious. And then I just said that he cuts his own ice. But like I'm telling you, he just isn't pretentious about it. He's like, yeah, I just put water in a fucking cooler and then I chip away at it. But the way that he does it is like mesmerizing. I love watching him cut his own ice. <laughs> and it fits, he does it so it fits perfectly in whatever glass he's using, and that is just super satisfying to watch. And what's his username? Let's find, you know I should have looked this up beforehand, but you know that I did. not <laughs> Right, his TikTok handle is at thirstywhale Let's see like some of the things he's going to like. He teaches you some classics, but then some things I've never heard of, which I also like. Like, okay, Pim's Club. Pim's Cup. Everyone's heard of it. Um, Mai Tai. Ooh, that's a really good one because he's right. I feel like people think it's something else and then when you get a real one, you're like, mmm, this is so good and it's dangerous. It gets you really drunk. (laughs) Um, He also, you know what's so nice about a cocktail TikTok is that he will say the words that you don't know how to pronounce, which is so nice. <laughs> like, what did he say the other day that I like, oh, I guess he was making a Oaxacan old-fashioned, and I was like, I feel so confident about saying that now. When before, I don't know, sometimes you like, don't you like sometimes not order something if maybe you don't know how to say it, or is that just me being insecure? i like, I also remember ordering cocktails back in the day. Damn good times so he's definitely a fave and i've been sending a lot of those to josh because i feel like josh does not understand tiktok but he would like these guys videos um and he has been watching them and he likes them um my last obsession on tiktok and i i put a little i put one clip of this on instagram i've really been loving the hashtag dance moms tag i guess if you will on tiktok there's so many different, there's so many different things there. There's something for everybody in the dance moms tag on TikTok. I mean, straight up Abby Lee Miller has a TikTok. She got one in late 2020. She was making these really weird videos with this like internet boy who I've never, like, I, I guess I'm too old to like know who he is, but like, you know, millions of views on TikTok and stuff. I have no idea who he is. And I was just like, does, does she know him? Are they actually friends? So like, that was really confusing. And Abby Lee didn't have the best TikTok. It was honestly pretty weird. Um, but what I did love is that like, I found moms that used to be on the shows TikToks and they love the little like fame they're getting from being on TikTok and they were on Dance Moms. They will stitch videos with people um, talking about the show and they'll be like, yes, this happened. No, this didn't happen. I really like those when people who have been on the show will like tell you the real deal. There was a girl. So I watched Dance Moms back in the day. I haven't seen all of it. I've seen most of it, I'd say. Um if not half of the show, I definitely know the original OG cast, okay? And I actually don't know how many seasons came out of that show, but I feel like it's a lot. But some girls that have been on, that were dancers on the show in in the Abby Lee dance, in the Abby Lee Miller Dance Company, they will come on and be like, oh yeah, I mean, this is, this was like fake. I used to beat Maddie all the time. And then they would say that it was her in first place. They would pay the judges off. And I'm like, oh damn, I mean, this goes dark. Like child dancing is kind of a dark world. Also a really fun aspect. I found this account that will, talk about how inappropriate some of the dances were. And I mean, that's such a good TikTok account because almost every dance could have been inappropriate at some, in some way. Um, one of my favorite clips is one of the moms. Oh my fucking God. She doesn't know who Anne Frank is. Why is that even on the show you ask? Oh, because Abby Lee Miller is making the girls do a dance that is supposed to be about the diary of Anne Frank. It's supposed to be like the vibe of the diary of Anne Frank. Are you fucking kidding me right now? So first of all, that's just weird and unnecessary. I think for a child's dance competition. Number two, one of the moms legit was like, "I don't even know what this is about. Like, what? Who is Anne Frank?" Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. I don't know what else to say, but that was a really good trip down memory lane. Like that show is so fucking bonkers. I don't even know how it was legal. I don't even know. I mean, she would make the kids cry all the time. And I actually did not watch the show while Jojo Siwa was on there. So it was really interesting to see clips with her on there because she stands up for herself more than any of the other girls ever have, I feel, which is like refreshing to see because usually it's just Abby Lee like yelling at the kids, making them cry and then them running away. But Jojo is like crying and then just staying there and being like, well, if you yell at me, I'm going to cry, Abby. Like she's so matter of fact. I think I I think I'm getting to know JoJo Siwa JoJo Siwa a little bit in the Dance Moms tag in TikTok. Man, I really I think I might start watching the show again. I liked the clip so much, but could get lost in that TikTok for hours. If you ever watch the show, you definitely would be interested in the in the hashtag. So yeah, big week for me on TikTok. I'd say really into it. Um, oh my God. Do you think tyra banks has a tiktok holy shit can't believe i didn't look that up before researching my next segment which is a wikipedia of the week miss tyra banks so we'll go into commercial and then when we come back we'll get right into that see ya all right tyra banks wikipedia page it's honestly not even that long but i do want to talk about like what I found on there, what I didn't find on there, which I also think is an interesting aspect. First, I feel like I need to get into like my background with Tyra. Obviously, I grew up watching America's Next Top Model. Like every person in the world, I assume, especially on weekends, me and Manta would be like cleaning the house, putting on those marathons. They would come on like VH1, I feel. It was very VH1. But I became very depressed, shocking, Um, In 2020, shocking, I would like work all day, come home and literally I don't even, I really wouldn't even cook for myself. Like I would make Josh provide food for me or like eat leftovers and I would sit in front of the TV on my couch and I would just watch over and over America's Next Top Model episodes, like episode after episode. And guys, I did that for 15 seasons straight. Like, that's how depressed I was. It was almost like when I finished the 15th season, I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to move on with my life. That show is fucking bonkers, especially in a rewatch. It does not hold up, um, like, political correctness-wise. Not even not even that. Like, it's, an, it's full-blown inappropriate a lot of the times. They treat the girls like shit. Tyra's rude to a lot of people. A lot of the judges are completely sexist. So, like, I don't know. I was so depressed I didn't really have the time to like create an online commentary meaning like you know I didn't even like fucking tweet about it hardly but it was definitely something that I it was like my life for like weeks of my life was just America's Next Top Model rewatch so of course naturally I was looking up facts about Tyra constantly I was going to her Wikipedia page a lot and something that I also found out in looking up Tyra so much from watching the show is I found that she had an ice cream company and I found out that no one was talking about this. I found out that like no, like no one really knew about it. So their first Instagram post was in like June or July of 2020. And I had zero mutual follows with this account, not even like my celebrity gossip, Podcast that talks about shit like this, Who Weekly, they didn't even follow her. And then I Google it. It's not on Google, which you know is a theme of my life is me Googling things that are unGoogleable. And I was just kind of like, is this Tyra Banks related? Like it was very confusing. The posts were so cryptic and weird. And I, I didn't follow, but I periodically would check back because, you know, I was watching the fucking America's Next Top Model constantly. I would come home. I would think about it, check up on it. And it initially said in june or july of 2020 i think it was june that it was coming this fall well it didn't come out until february 2021 of course things always are delayed i don't know why i'm jumping right into that because i need to reveal something to you that like smize cream which is her ice cream company which is tyra banks ice cream company is literally missing from her wikipedia page it is it is literally not mentioned one time that she owns an ice cream company. Um, So I think that is extremely weird. Like there's a fucking section on her Wikipedia page that is called Other Ventures and it doesn't list the ice cream company. So that is extremely weird to me. Um, So unfortunately, since they don't mention it on the Wikipedia, I don't know. I will talk about it. I will talk about it because one of my other favorite podcasts called Glowing Up, they briefly mentioned Tyra Banks. It was brought up naturally. And then they kind of went off on a tangent. And I was like, if they don't bring up Smice Cream, I'm going to lose my shit. Not only did they bring up Smice Cream, but one of the hosts of the show, Caroline, reveals that she wrote an expose about Smice Cream coming out for LA Mag soon. And I was like, that's literally my that is the Wikipedia page for Smice Cream. That's my Wikipedia page for Smice Cream. Caroline Goldfarb's LA Magazine article about that. But I'm going to, I just wanted to preface that like, shockingly, there is no mention of some ice cream anywhere on the Tyra Banks Wikipedia page. But now I just want to jump right into it. Now that you know the backstory, the first thing I want to start with is that when you go to her Wikipedia page, obviously their names are bolded. Her name is Tyra Lynn Banks, born December 4th, 1973. And it and it just follows so quickly with also known as Banks. Capital B A N capital X. One word. Um, what? <laughs> no, she's not. Literally no one has ever called her Banks. I don't even think that she remembers that that she, I guess, changed her name. We're gonna we're gonna go back to that. I'm just talking first impressions right now. We are going to talk about the name change, but very confusing right off the bat that i'm seeing like and and then what i call the quick stats section where it's like their picture and then you know when are they born what are their names whatever it also references that she is called banks right under her picture which also the picture is so bad like tyra banks is fucking hot this picture is like a very bad hairstyle for her her mouth is open she's not smiling she's like mid-talking i mean her tits look good which is great but like why why is this her her cover picture if you will on wikipedia terrible decision do you think that like do you think that like celebrities get really offended by wikipedia picking the worst picture for them i'm shocked that tyra banks hasn't like submitted a picture um but anyway i'm so thrown by like the fact that her name is banks like also known as banks what literally no one has ever called her that it's just very stressful for me also, something that was weird is that under her, in her quick stats section, where it's like, list all of her stats, under net worth, it says $90 million. And then in parentheses, it says 2011. And I was like, why are we accepting a 10-year-old stat right now? Like, okay, $90 million in 2011. Like, what's she, what's she doing now? So I Googled Tyra Banks net worth 2020 or 2021 and it just said $90 million. And I'm like, okay, so either Wikipedia's wrong and they meant to put a different date on there or she's literally not made a dime in 10 years. (laughs) What? Should I fully just not like trust Google when I Google like net worth of a celebrity? Because that just seems so wrong that how could it have not changed in 10 years? Because girl has been up to things, let me tell you. Just because she is not modeling and just because she doesn't have America's Next Up model anymore, it does not mean that she's not making money. She's had so many ventures. I mean, I don't even know where to start. I guess we'll get to that later because I kind of want to go in the order of the Wikipedia page. Like So then we're scrolling something from the early life section that I literally know no details about and I won't elaborate on, just thought was a crazy fact. Her mother was a, or is a medical photographer that makes me want to cry what is she photographing like what is a medical photographer we're moving on i don't even want details i don't even want details about that moving on to her modeling career section it's actually quite short you would think that the modeling career section of tyra banks's wikipedia page would just be like fucking i'm scrolling but it's so short it's it's too succinct. I want more details. Like I'm I I rated I'm I'm going to rate this lower because there's not a good modeling career section. But I have to do I do have to like mention I do have to mention her actual stats. Like she her very first runway season in Milan, she booked 25 shows and she was unknown and she was 16 years old. That's fucking impressive. You can't deny that she was an amazing model. Like she was fucking cool. Like Oh my god, Tyra Banks is like a big deal. I just think it's funny how her career ended up (laughs) with all these different ventures. But I do have to get credit, give credit to her that she's like a fucking amazing model, obviously. I don't need to tell y'all that. So when she came back to the States, she signed with CoverGirl, and that was like mid 90s, and that secured her um, supermodel status, of course. Quickly after that, she was um the first woman on the cover of Sports Illustrated Swimsuits edition and the first black woman to cover GQ. Oh, my God. Something that, first of all, that's just fucking cool. Like, to be on a magazine cover as a model is rare these days um, anymore. But back in the day, it was a huge fucking deal. And for her to be the first black woman, first woman on the swimsuit edition, but first black woman on GQ, fucking you go, Tara. Um, there was a sentence that I'm going to quote that literally made me laugh out loud in the modeling section of her Wikipedia page. There was zero elaboration on this. It was one lone sentence and then they moved on. It said in 1997, she received the VH1 award for supermodel of the year. What's a VH1 award and why do we give a fuck? Literally, I cannot believe that that was, I was like embarrassed that that was a fact on her Wikipedia page. What's a VH1 award? I would know what that is. I literally watched VH1 growing up all the time. She was the first black model to be on the cover of the Victoria's Secret catalog, and right after she became an angel, Victoria's Secret angel, she did retire from professional modeling in 2005. Here's where we get the explanation for the name change. She retired from professional modeling in 2005, but in 2019 she came out of retiring. I'm sorry, she came out of retirement to shoot a swimsuit edition of the Sports Illustrated cover. 22 years after her first one she was coming back for that specific reason um it was her third total cover that is when she announced she will be going by banks from now on (laughs) so so the world missed that memo because i remember when that that um cover came out because she was looking hot like she was kind of like she wasn't stick thin like she was in the first um two uh covers and she I don't know she was just like thicker and looked hot like I was like damn Tyra like I love this look on her like she just looked healthy and hot but i remember the cover being talked about so why didn't i also remember the fucking memo that she was going by banks now oh my god i want to talk to her about it so bad i want to be like so do you like do you still do you still do that um do people call you that i have so many questions about that and wikipedia is not giving me details her Wikipedia needs more details. Do I need to maybe like I've never written a like an addition to a Wikipedia page, but like maybe I need to. I need to fucking tell them about Smice Cream. Why is it not on here? Um, Something that so her modeling career is like, you know, it's legit, but it's like they just breeze over it. They're like, whatever. Then they move into television and film career, which is some of my favorite Tyra work, right? um it that her tv work began in 1993 she was on like a string of fresh prince of bel-air episodes i think like seven of them that's a cool first like gig i feel you know that's like perfect for her i feel like that was um people liked that i feel like it was well received um things that (laughs) some other things that she went on to do in film and television now i think that there's three There's three main roles that she did in movies that like really impacted me in my youth. First being Life Size, her and Lindsay Lohan in the 2000 comedy Life Size. Shine bright, shine far, don't be shy, be a star where you live, where you are, be a star. That was my favorite song growing up. I was, how old was I in 2000? I was eight years old. That, she was so cool. She was playing a Barbie that came to life, of course, if you haven't seen it. That changed my life. Me and my best friends, Lindsay and Courtney, were obsessed with that. We would sing that song. We came up with a dance to it. Um, we would watch that on the reg. Now, I have to skip forward. Life Size 2 was filmed and released, and I had no idea that it was already out. Of course, I knew it was coming out. Guess what? It says Life Size 2, also known as Life Size 2, colon, a Christmas Eve. It's a Christmas movie? What's happening? What's happening? I've got to watch this. It also says that in February of 2020, she revealed that she was working on Life Size 3. How do you work on a third installment when no one saw the second installment? I, oh, oh my God. I'm looking at the cast. It's bad. It says that Perez Hilton is in it as himself. This is bad. Okay, I'd still watch it though. I would still watch it. Yeah, okay, but we're, go- we're going off on a tangent. I just had no idea that Life Size 2 was ever released. I knew it was in the talks. I knew it was deep in the talks. All right, going back to the year 2000, Coyote Ugly. I mean, guys, Coyote Ugly was everything. Oh, and she was like the hot bartender. I mean, that that was a good role for her. I love seeing her in that. The last one is going to be from 2002, which is Halloween Resurrection. Um, Okay. It's not the best installment. Obviously, there's better Halloweens, but it's not a bad one. It is not a bad one. It also has Busta Rhymes in it. Um, So it's got a lot of like little cameos in it, I'd say. Um, We love to see Tyra in a slasher setting. How fun. Also, it says that she was in Hannah Montana the movie in 2009, and I was like – as an uncredited cameo appearance and I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm going to have to look up that scene. What is she in? She's literally fighting with Hannah Montana herself in a store over a pair of heels. There's only one pair left and both of them want it. That is so stupid. That's so stupid. I ha- I'm sorry. I hate it. Um also we cannot forget to mention the Tyra Banks show. Did you guys fucking watch the Tyra Banks show? It was literally everything. It was bonkers. It because it's like I want a host to really give me their personality and Tyra the Tyra Banks show was truly like the Tyra Banks show if that makes sense to you. Like she was going into character do you remember when she pretended to have rabies um oh my god the depths that woman would go for that show the fat suit episode jesus christ that was terrible literally everything oh my god when she's like kiss my fat ass because there was like a picture of her with cellulite oh my god there are there are endless iconic pop culture moments that stem from the tyra bank show I, w- I honestly think 2021, get rid of some ice cream, bring back Tyra Banks' show. Tyra, if you're listening. Ty Ty, if you're listening. The Tyra Banks' show is literally everything. It was for f- from five years, four or five years from 2005, 2010. Some other things that I see on here that I didn't really like I didn't really look into. I just think are funny on her um, television list of like things that she's been in. In 2013, she was an on on an episode of Glee and her character is literally credited as the name Bitchette. <laughs> Guys, Glee. Guys, Glee. Do you remember when Gwyneth Paltrow was just on Glee and like sang a bunch and then they like invited her to sing on like award shows that year with CeeLo Green? What? was that year of gwyneth paltrow's life what was that anyway uh, i do want to mention really quickly that in 2015 she was a co-producer and a host on this show that did not did not fucking last called tyra presents fab life fab being an acronym for fun and beautiful jesus christ um it was like a it was like a talk show circle you know like a la the view the talk um but this was about i guess <laughs> modeling like i don't fucking know but chrissy tegan was on there too which is so weird to me that i just didn't know about this um but tyra like really was not on that many episodes and before she quit and just became the producer and then the show did not even last for more than one season so what the fuck? Why does it say number of seasons one, number of episodes one hundred and eighty? What's happening? Are these like short, tiny episodes? What the fuck is this? Anyway, just insane how many things that she has her foot in. You know, like she's oh, okay. The one last thing I need to tell you about is her her books uh, trilogy, her book um, planned trilogy. I guess I will say uh, because it was supposed to be a trilogy. But when you click on the Wikipedia page for it, it's called Model Land. It's a young adult novel written by Tyra Banks, published in 2011. So many things happened to her in 2011, I feel. It was a big year for her. I'm going to read you the plot summary of this book real quick. It's only a couple sentences. Model Land. A young, awkward-looking girl by the name of Tookie de la Creme is invited to attend the legendary boarding school Model Land for a chance to join the Intoxabellas that is a made-up word, the most celebrated models in all of the world. Along the way, she meets a plus-size girl named Dylan, a four-foot-seven-inch girl named Shiraz, and an albino girl named Piper. Together, they form a strong bond as they face the trials and tribulations of Model Land and endeavor to find the truth about why they were all accepted to it. Dot, dot, dot. Meaning, like, how could these uggos make it here is literally what they're saying in the plot of this book. Dot, dot, dot and and why a mysterious imposter seems to want nothing more than for them to be gone wow okay so this is like a young adult novel you know this is not this is not meant for like literal adults it's supposed to be i guess a teen book and everywhere if you look this up it it's it's saying it's the first installment of a proposed trilogy girl it's been 10 years where's number 2 where's number 3 why would you just say, why would you say it was a trilogy if you truly were never going to write another book? I don't understand. I literally don't understand. Inspiration. Banks has said that the inspiration for Model Land happened one day while she was driving down the street in New York City. <laughs> oh, really? How, How? what a great story. She had been thinking about why supermodels are super and the idea of Model Land came to mind. Here's a quote from her. I always, I'm always dreaming up ideas. Yeah, we know, girl. Like when the words modeling boarding school floated into my head while I was driving on the FDR highway in Manhattan. I wrote them down on a little notepad and five years, thousands of pages and dozens of writing getaways later, I finally get to call myself the author of Model Land. I'm sorry, this book took her, took her five years to write okay, so that's why there's not number two yet. I bet it's going to take her 10 years to write number two. Maybe number two is coming out right around the corner. (laughs) I don't fucking know. Maybe it will be tied into a flavor of Smize Cream. But I do want to talk about a little bit more. I'm going to end on Smize Cream because like I said in the beginning, Caroline Goldfarb, host of Glowing Up, did write an article. And I didn't want to read the article until after i had read the wikipedia page because i kind of wanted to get all the information from the wikipedia because my Cream, like i said is not even on it but it deserves to be talked about like jesus fucking christ it is one of the most confusing things of all time i am going to link the the article to this um, because i feel like it's a good read it's a fun read if you don't follow at official sean penn on instagram number one what the fuck number two the captions are everything and so the girl who runs that account wrote this article so it's a fun read so there is a little bit of backstory to it i'm not gonna get i'm not gonna get too into it because i feel like the article will just explain it better but she was supposed to in 2020 she was supposed to reveal like this thing called well i think it's called model land i think it's called the same thing as the fucking book oh my god (laughs) oh oh my god well, she was supposed to come out with this model land, which was like a big, like interactive model experience where you like go and you are a model for the day. It's like this amusement park type shit. It, that It was just supposed to be like this huge thing for her. As you know, it, okay, it says her planned model themed amusement park in LA described as a fantastical world where anyone can pay to live out their ultimate modeling fantasy. It was supposed to be open in may 2020 obviously because of fucking covid it did not open could not open obviously all of a sudden by by june she had already been switching to Smice cream she's like all right i'm moving on i need a new i need a new thing and it's Smice cream bitches and like i said i stumbled upon the Smice cream instagram because i was looking her up after watching america's next top model And I was just – I just didn't understand how no one followed it and no one was talking about it. Thank God Caroline wrote this article to explain her entire endeavor of following this and sending the post to her friends. And also, she actually ends up going to the first pop-up that they ever have and getting the ice cream. Uh, First of all, it's not even a full pint. That rubbed me the wrong way. Don't give me a scant fucking pint. You're fucking Tyra Banks, okay? Give me two pints of ice cream. And what, what's the whole deal with like Smize cream? Like what what is that? First of all, Smize is, is her word for smiling with your eyes. What does that have to do with fucking ice cream? Number two, it's like supposed to be like a prize at the end of every container. And Caroline described it as like a white chocolate covered hunk of cookie dough. <laughs> I'm like... I mean, I guess that's fun, but like it's if it's at the end, how can you eat it with the ice cream? You know, I don't I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Give give just give me more chunks throughout the whole fucking thing. And the Instagram, like it doesn't make any sense. Um, Caroline definitely goes into that. Um, um, she also asked them why, like she went to the pop up and she was like, Hey, why is Tyra not the face of this? Like, you know, it's like you have these, they have these made up characters. In the world of Smie's Cream, Tyra loves making up characters. So I guess the an elderly woman named DJ Splits is billed as the world's coolest grandma, a fictionalized animated character who's the purported co-founder and head chief of Smie's Cream. This is like all the shit that Tyra comes up with in her head. Also, I feel like I need to say that Tyra says that she like never has done drugs and she barely drinks. Bitch, you're not high coming up with this. How, how is a sober person coming up with these ideas? It is so funny to me that she just has a full-blown confusing ice cream company, and it is not listed on her Wikipedia page. Anyway, I, that that's that's my entire bank's journey. Um, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever – all of us non-LAers will ever get to try some ice cream. You bet your ass I would fucking buy it if I saw it in like a Whole Foods, but – I don't think I ever will. Uh, I hope I get to. I hope there's another uh, Model Land. I hope Model Land, the amusement park, opens for She has so many endeavors, you know. I... Good luck to Tyra Banks. She's also, she was hosting, Um, oh my God, she was also hosting Dancing with the Stars the last time I heard. Like, girl is busy. All right. So we're going to discuss some of my favorite stoner snacks, if you will. Now I'm not talking about just like my favorite package snacks, like chips, candy, whatever. I talk about that enough. You guys know what I like. <laughs> this is when like you want a snack, but you really don't want to like put a lot of effort into it, but you want it to taste so good. AKA the ideal stoner snacks. It's 420 today, which is like something I've never celebrated despite being a stoner. Um, I was kind of a late in life stoner and I don't know, is 420 like a high school thing? (laughs) I don't know. I guess anybody can celebrate it. But I thought that I would tell you a rundown of my ultimate high food snacks that I make in a pinch. This is not, this is nothing elaborate. There's no full meals here. It's usually snacks that are like a little more substantial. And there's there's a scale here some of these things could be enjoyed by anybody sober or high some of these things you have to be stoned to enjoy so there's a mixed bag you know something i want to start with is something that i feel like no one talks about and it is so good when you have it it's it's really hard to not make more and more and more i don't know what to call this i think growing up so this is something from my childhood this is a childhood throwback so there is a nostalgia aspect. There's an easiness aspect. And when you are high on pot and you eat this, it is everything. It's every, It's got some crispiness. Let me just tell you what it is. I guess I'll call it brown sugar cinnamon butter toast. <laughs> I mean, already you want it, right, based off of that name. All right, you're going to take bread, which, by the way, I never get to eat this snack. This is something that I love to make, but I never get to make it because I'm that bitch that never buys bread. I don't buy sliced bread. I don't know, that's just never on my radar. I never eat sandwiches at home because I guess if I'm gonna eat a sandwich it's some work anyway if I have a piece of sliced bread. Here's the ingredients, sliced bread of your choice. Honestly, don't go healthy on this. I'm sure it would be good with like a seedy whole wheat, but like don't, okay? Get fucking like honey, honey wheat or something. You know, like this is gonna be a high snack, so you don't need to be healthy about it. Bread soft butter absolutely mandatory you cannot do this with with cold butter you can i know some tricks to softening up some butter you know microwave it for literally like two seconds at a time and rotate it every time you do that some people fill a glass with hot water like boiling water pour it out and then put the glass over the butter i'm like I just fucking microwave it on super short intervals anyway soft butter you're gonna put a lot of cinnamon in there because this is like a cinnamon sugar toast but it's it's you want it to be like the color of cinnamon and then you can do brown sugar or I think it really works best with white sugar granulated sugar um I I think that it would have a different reaction in the broiler if you were going to do this with brown sugar but anyway get your broiler cranking up hot y'all get your broiler up hot and put that put the rack up as high as it goes because this is all broil we don't toast this bread this is all done in the broiler You're going to take your soft butter. I mean, you can create the ratio of cinnamon and sugar. That's completely up to you. That's up to your taste. I go heavy on cinnamon. I go less heavy on sugar. But you want it to be sweet, okay? You're going to spread that on the raw piece of bread, meaning this is not toasted. This is just straight out of the bag. Then you're going to pop that underneath the broiler. And oh, by the way, don't forget to like, you're doing full 100% coverage on this bread. Make sure if it goes over the edge a little bit, that's perfect. That's perfect, darling. Full coverage, put it in the broiler. So what's going to happen? You're going to keep an eye on it because this is a broiler situation, which is hard to remember when you're high. So like this one is like, you can't be too high. <laughs> you're going to watch it. The edges are going to get like, the whole thing's going to bubble up and get kind of like caramelized I'm so excited just like reminiscing on this and then the outside the crust part is going to get really crispy and it's going to be a slight crisp and the middle is going to stay soft and then you can cut this into squares or whatever I like doing it in squares because then you get this it's almost like a pizza how it's like there is a legit crust on it and the inside is a little soft and it literally melts in your goddamn mouth it is so good It is, you gotta try it stoned or not. That's my number one suggestion. Okay, staying with sweets. Something else that I love eating when I'm stoned is chocolate and peanut butter. Now there's two main ways that I suggest you doing this. If you're like totally being lazy and you're just like, I want a sweet, I have nothing. My absolute favorite thing is to get chocolate chips and to individually dip them into a little spoonful of peanut butter that is so good. Maybe a little flaky salt on there if I'm feeling like it. But if I have a little bit in me, you know, if I'm like, I can I can spend five minutes on a little snack, do a DIY Reese cup. I don't know why more people don't do this. I do this constantly. You melt chocolate chips or chocolate, whatever, with a little bit of coconut oil. And then you just put, you know, you put it in a muffin tin thing. Put a plop of peanut butter in there. If you're feeling fancy, which is like... Look, if this is a stone snack, I'm not feeling fancy. I'm putting peanut butter straight from the jar in there, and I strictly use Smucker's Natural. I don't use any other peanut butter. That is the best peanut butter, hands down. It does require a lot of stirring, but it's worth it. Um, I like putting salt on the peanut butter, though, to give it like a little extra saltiness to go with the sweet chocolate. And you just freeze it for like literally a couple minutes, and you're good to go. But the good thing about that is like you can put like sunflower seeds in there, like top it with coconut and like get creative. You can get real creative with a DIY Reese's cup. Um, But peanut butter chocolate, one of my ultimate high flavor combinations. And I either do it real quick raw style and I just dip the tiny chocolate chips into peanut butter or I make a full Reese cup out of it, so good. Honestly, I'm such a savory snacker when it comes to high food, which is weird because I'm usually into sweets. Something that I, one of of the things that I think you kind of have to maybe high to appreciate this, a pickle, usually a spear. I like a pickle spear for sure. Pickled chips are like specifically for like sandwiches. You know what I mean? I'm not just gonna snack on a pickle chip. Feels weird, texture feels wrong. Spear. Dip it into mustard. I prefer yellow. Yellow mustard on a pickle, number one. Two vinegars coming together to create this ultimate vinegary snack. Mm! Mouth is watering. But guess what? I'm also going to either put a little cheese. If I have sliced cheese, I'm going to break a little piece off. If I've shredded cheese, even dipping. Okay, you take the pickle, you dip it in the mustard, you dip it in the shredded cheese. Something about the combo, the textures, the flavors. I love pickle mustard (laughs) cheese. That that it truly is one of the more like you gotta be stoned. Okay, also, tortilla chips are a big tortillas and tortilla chips are a big part of my high snack culture. I don't have any right now. <gasps> yes, I do. Josh brought some from his house yesterday. Oh my god, I'm smiling. I'm so excited. I have tortilla chips. Okay, I talked about Slossa, um a couple episodes ago, but in case you missed that shit. Josh introduced me to this. Josh is not a stoner. He does not smoke weed at all, but he kind of has some high snack tendencies, which I think is great. Chopped slaw. That is a mayonnaise base. Creamy chopped slaw. And your favorite salsa. Put half and half on each side of the bowl and then scoop from the middle, preferably if I have my top choice with Frito scoops. Frito scoops are literally the top tier of any tortilla product ever. Frito scoops. Are so good. The thickness, the crunchiness, the sturdiness, yet delicate when you chomp into it. The f- classic Frito flavor. It's my all-time favorite thing. So salsa, preferably with a Frito scoop, but if not, any any literally any tortilla chip would work. I'm I'm just like love. I love switching up the bites. I don't want it to all be the same. That's when I get sick of it. I'm like ew. Uh, The last thing I'm going to talk about is the most like a meal. Um, You could, I think that you could treat this last thing like a meal or a snack, depending on how big what you put on it. But this is like a gray classic tortilla pizza. Tortilla pizzas are everything. If you haven't made one, I highly recommend. Um, I do have a specific way I like to make it, but I think you know that is up to you. I think it could turn out well in a few different ways. I don't think that you can make this in the microwave at all. This is like, so this is the one that involves the most cooking, I will say. So here's another tip for you. Maybe do this one ahead of time or like like prep it really well and then just execute it like after you get high. You know what I mean? Like save it, like make it easier for yourself. Like don't do this one fully high. (laughs) Maybe start it, get high halfway and then finish it. Also, this is good when you're high or not high because I make these for Josh all the time, and he's, like, impressed by me. He's, like, impressed that I made him this, and I'm like, bitch, it was so easy. So I don't really use – I like to use a nonstick pan, except I don't have one right now because mine got all fucked up. So I use a cast iron, but I think it is easier – much easier in a nonstick pan. I think – If you're not going to use a nonstick, just make sure you really oil it and kind of like move the pan around a lot to make sure it hasn't stuck to the bottom and make sure that it's getting crispy on the bottom because that's the whole point of using the pan on the stove is to get the crispy bottom. How we get the crispy top is the entire time you're making it on the stove, you're going to have the broiler preheating because we're going to move it into the broiler, into the oven for the final cooking. But as long as you're like, you know, you put your tortilla down with some oil. Definitely put some tomato sauce on there. Luckily, my friend Claire over at Avery's Greens, shout her out all the time. I just got some um, tomato sauce from her, and that's been a lifesaver with the tortilla pizzas. It's like so easy, ready to go. Homemade sauce is so much better than store-bought sauce. Sorry. So a little bit of the Avery's Greens tomato sauce, and then really whatever you want. That's also the beauty of the tortilla pizza. It's whatever the fuck you have in your fridge, whatever you're craving. Obviously, you can do whatever you want for a pizza. Um, Veggie is probably my favorite. I take every veggie I have in my house and I chop it up real small and I kind of saute them separately to get some color on them. This is a little more, you know, this is a little more involved, but it is so worth it. And then, okay, so, you know, you're cooking on the stove. You put your ingredients on there. Make sure the bottom is crispy. Make sure the cheese is getting melty but then you wanna transfer it under the broiler to get everything a little crisp factor on top. And then you wanna, once it's done, you wanna take it out and immediately put it, like take it out of the pan, put it on your cutting board. I just feel like it's better when it cools that way. I feel like sometimes it can burn or get weird when you like leave it in the pan to cool. Pop it out on your cutting board and cut it. And do I recommend dipping it in ranch? Absolutely. But man, there is something so e- – and it tastes so good. And it tastes just like a thin crust pizza. And it's shocking how fast it comes together. So, oh my God, that might literally be my dinner tonight because I've been talking about it and I don't know what I'm going to have. And you know what? High snacks can be dinner. I'm here to tell you. Okay? I think it's very different from my normal style of cooking because it's like, you know, it's about ease and it's about what tastes fucking good. It's not about like what it looks like or like what <laughs> – they're like fresh ingredients, literally. But definitely tell me if any of you guys make any of these, especially my number one, the fucking sugar cinnamon butter toast. Oh my God. Please make that. And also let me know what you guys eat when you're high. Cause I love new suggestions. Any like little bites you want me to eat? Mm. All right. Happy 420 bitches. Bye. Thanks for listening to Grey's World. Follow me on Insta at Grey's World Pod. DM me your high snacks. (laughs) Um, Tell me your Tyra facts. Anything. Let me know. If you want to rate or review over on iTunes, I'd love that shit. You know it. Um, And yeah, I will see y'all next week. Bye. Thank you.